Blog Talk Radio. And now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, February 17th, 2010. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Do the Wine Guru, coming to you live from sunny Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. As you know, I will take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at com, or you can go into my chat room here on the show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts or ask me any questions you like. In fact, we've got, uh, let's see, Kim in there. Go talk to Kim. Ask her about wine. See what she likes as well. Have fun. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the internet. If you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru or go on Yahoo and put in Stu the Wine Guru or go into any search engine and put in Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and shows that I am currently part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I am writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo, Google, The Examiner, eHow, and that's just to name a few, so look for those as well. I've also made a Wine 101 video series, which we're now up to number four, Last one was uh, about Australia. And let's see. Um, so you can find those both on YouTube and a variety of different uh, video-oriented websites. And my website as well, www.stewthewineguru.com. So check those out. And by the way, something interesting. I went on Yahoo recently, and I was just putting in to see if a updated um, version of some information I was putting out was there. And I found that uh, the videos that I'm doing are now being translated into multiple languages and are cropping up on sites out of France, uh, Japan, and I want to say it's Croatia. It's very possible. I, I didn't understand the language. I couldn't quite make out what the language was. So, uh, should be interesting to see me talk and have it translated into different languages. Kind of funny. Anyway.
I love the cult. Don't you love the cult? That was a, a song by the cult. It was the beginning of that song. Love that song. Anyway, let's talk wine. Why not, huh? We've got a fantastic show for you tonight. Of course, the number to call in, 1-646-381-4860. Or, if you're shy, like a few of the people out there I know, and prefer the computer, well, stay in the 21st century and email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. As always, as I mentioned earlier, I opened up the chat room and uh, get in there. You know, mix it up a little bit, chat amongst yourselves, talk about wine, talk about uh, life, talk about whatever you like, and uh, see what you can, you know, see what you find out. I'll check into the chat room live periodically during the show. So uh, any questions you have for me or anything that you're interested in getting off your chest about wine, let me know. Later in the show, my question of the night is, what is your favorite type of wine? Simple question. Didn't want to make it too complicated. What's your favorite type of wine? What wine do you like to drink uh, over other wines? So, give me your answer. Get ready on the phone. Get into the chat room or email me on that one. We'll talk about some industry updates in my segment called Heard It Through the Grapevine. After that, I'll give you my review of great value-priced wines. Today's wine is a great wine from Australia and around $13. You'll want to stick around for that. I will make some red and white wine recommendations in my segment, Stu's Pick of the Week. And first up, I have an announcement to make about an upcoming show. Next week, I'll be having a winemaking legend out of Australia on the show. And I don't use that term loosely. He was He's won many awards for his winemaking, the company he makes wine for, Peter Lehman of Barossa. If you watched my most recent Wine 101 video, it was about that company's Clancy's Red, which is, I have to tell you, a fantastic wine for about 13 bucks. His name is Ian Hangel, and it'll be a very interesting and very entertaining interview. In fact, he'll be calling directly from Australia. So the cool thing is while it will be 7 p.m. Eastern, here uh, in the States, on the East Coast. It will be Thursday at 10.30 a.m. on the 25th. So I may want to ask him a few questions about the future, what my future holds, what will happen the next day. Anyway, so moving forward, you, the listener, will get a variety of views about wine from a myriad of sources on this show. I'm going to keep it entertaining, no matter what. Uh, We're all going to have fun here. And in addition to that, I'm going to keep it educational. I want my listeners, first and foremost, to learn as much as possible about wine, the drinking of it, uh, the origins of it, as enthusiastically as I can give you from me, because I'm extremely enthusiastic and pumped about wine. Ah, so Kim says she's been to Barossa, and in the chat room. Well, that's pretty awesome. I have not been... That's one of the places in the world, oddly enough, I've traveled all over the world. You've heard me talk about it a million times on the show. I have yet to go to Australia, and that is something that my wife and I have discussed, and I think that's going to be one of our next trips. Um, it's a 
hell of a trip in an airplane. I'm sure you can relate to that, Kim. It's something like, I don't know, like 16 hours or 24 hours? You'll tell me. But uh, I uh, definitely have to get out there. I have a, a lot of interested uh, business people that I want to talk with, as well as uh, some vineyards I definitely want to see. So, having said that, 23 hours? No! <laughs> the most I've been in, in, in a plane is 9 or 10, going out to Europe. So that will be kind of interesting. You kind of, uh, I guess you, going out there, you kind of lose a bit there, but uh, I guess when you get there, you're already ahead <laughs> the next day. So, well, that'll be cool. But anyway, let us move on. Alrighty, now into my Heard It Through the Grapevine industry updates. This article is from Wine Spectator. The article is called Wine May Fight Cancer, But How? by Stuart Fox. And here's a little excerpt of it. Numerous medical studies have produced evidence that wine may help prevent cancer. But how? Some scientists are presenting a new theory on the science behind its cancer-fighting properties. Their research may help develop new therapies. The evidence that wine can help fight some cancers have been growing for several years. At the same time, some studies have shown alcohol, especially in excess, increases the risk of some cancers. But researchers have struggled to understand why. Many theories speculated that antioxidants in wine, including compounds, compounds like resveratrol, have something to do with it. Antioxidants may reduce the stress of chemical processes in the body, but scientists have struggled to find evidence that the compounds in wine play such a role. Anti-angiogenic inhibitors are substances that prevent the growth of new blood vessels. Because growing tumors need new blood vessels in order to survive and spread, anti-angiogenic inhibitors can suppress tumor growth. Blood vessels are not usually built elsewhere in adult body unless tissue repair is actively in process. So, antiangens have proven so effective at fighting cancer that they make up many of the cancer medications already on the market. So it seems, and I'm going to give you my, my thought on this, it seems that two things. One, I mean, I'm all about science. I love the fact that Science is moving forward and trying to um, put the two together, the uh, compounds and the antioxidants and things within wine with uh, cancer-fighting properties. And I think that's fantastic. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that as they move on, uh, the studies that show that it's not um, involved with it will kind of fall away and, you know, it's kind of like the cream rising to the top. Um, in addition to that, uh, I think that, you know, it's natural to assume that drinking any alcohol in excess is not going to be, one, helpful to you in any way, shape, or form. So everything in moderation. And uh, go science. All right. Moving forward. Let's see. Uh, the next let's see. The next one is from, also from, um, pardon me, get my notes here together. The next one also is from uh, Wine, Wine Spectator, and it's called 
New York winery and artists team up for charity. Plus, chocolate may prevent strokes. Listening out there about chocolate? Should be good. Here's an excerpt. What do jazz musician Chuck Mangione, artist Philip Burke, Heron Hill Winery, and Park Benches have in common? Each is playing a part in Benches on Parade, a community arts and fundraising project that will benefit a handful of nonprofit organizations in the Finger Lakes region. Since October, some 200 beaches have been transformed into works of art. I'm sorry, let me back up. Since October, some 200 benches, not beaches, benches, have been transformed into works of art that will be displayed in and around Rochester, New York, beginning in May. At the end of the summer, the benches will be auctioned off and the proceeds donated to the New York Wine and Culinary Center, Rochester Ballet, Nazareth College Arts Center, and an additional nonprofit of the High Bidder's Choice. Heron Hill is sponsoring one of the event's most talked about benches, painted with a portrait of jazz man Chuck Mangione, a Rochester native, by artist Philip Burke, who hails from Buffalo, and now makes his home in Niagara Falls. Unfiltered asked Burke about the inspiration for his Mangione portrait. Mostly I was just trying to express his joy in creating music and how I feel when I hear his music, said the artist whose unmistakable portraits have appeared in Rolling Stone, Vanity Fair, Time, and Vogue magazines, as well as the, at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. Now going on to the chocolate part of this. Everyone listen up closely. Chocolate lovers were delighted when we reported that chocolate may lower the risk of heart attack. Now those who nearly have a stroke when trying to select the right heart-shaped box of the sweets for Valentine's Day can also relax a little. An analysis of recent studies found that eating chocolate may also be associated with a lower risk of stroke. The results will be presented at the American Academy of Neurologists 67th annual meeting in Toronto this April. So I'm not going to go into much further into that, uh, but to me that's pretty awesome. Say my thoughts are how cool is it? My two favorite things together in one room: music and wine. New York rocks when it comes to charities. Chocolate may reduce your chance of strokes. Hey, bring on the chocolate. Strokes bad, chocolate good. Remember, if you have any questions, I have answers. So call me at 1-646-381-4860 or email me at info at com or as Kimberly has. You can get into the chat room and voice your opinion on all of this. And I would certainly like to hear what people are thinking about chocolate preventing strokes and wine and its great properties. So, now let's talk about some great value-priced wines. All right, today's choice is from Australia, oddly enough. It's a 2006 Kiva Lehman Shiraz. I'm reviewing this one in honor of next week's guest. Wanted to do that, kind of give a little little push so people can get uh, a familiarity, if you haven't already, with Australian wines. 
Notes on this are dark plum in color, dark cherry and cocoa flavors on the palate. The mouthfeel has incredible, really good structure on it. The average price you'll find this is $13. I rate, I rate it a 92-pointer. It's a fantastic Shiraz. It's a great value price. And to me, when it comes to Shiraz, this is the way I, I take everything. And I, I think if you've listened to the show long enough, you've heard me say this over and over again. I'm all about when you want to drink a wine, the best way to approach it, if you've never had the varietal or the type of wine before, is to go with the country of origin. What I mean by that is this. Shiraz is to Australia what uh, apple pie is to America. I mean, Shiraz is just synonymous with Australia. And so if I'm going to drink a really good Shiraz, if I'm looking for a really good Shiraz, I'm going to find it in an Australian wine. So having said that, next time you want to go out, you don't want to spend an arm and a leg. You want to find a really nice, good Shiraz to sip on. Not only that, but this, if you wanted to, I've said this time and time again, you want to match this up. I like this with chili. Don't know what it is. It just seems to blend really, really well with chili. So if you're uh, kind of hanging out on a weekend and want a good wine to just, you got the, uh, the chili out, you've got the, uh, let's see, the tomato and, um, and onion um, dip, you know, you've got your uh, tortilla chips going, you got kind of that, that, let's go Mexican kind of flavor. Definitely pull out a nice Australian Shiraz and pair it with it. You'll be very happy you did. All right, let's go on to my pick of the week. Every week I choose a red and white wine that I recommend for the weekend or any occasion. This week's red is a 2006 St. Francis Cabernet. This is from Sonoma. This is a quintessential Cabernet. It's got strong hints of oak and smooth tannins. The notes on this are aromas of tobacco, cassis, hints of mocha, and black forest fruit. A nicely balanced wine with low acidity. The average price you'll find this for is around $20. So, if, again, you're looking for a really good Cabernet that you want in that under $20 mark, St. Francis does not disappoint. In fact, I've said this many times. I like St. Francis Reds. Um, they're pretty well-balanced, uh, I would say, profile of wine in that they have really good whites. The Chardonnay are, are, are really good. And... Their reds, their cabs, uh, their mellows are very nice as well. So you could not go wrong, and you find it really definitely within the that price point. Um, let's see. I've got a question from the chat room. Kim? Stu, would you agree there are so many levels of Shiraz? Uh, yeah, something for everyone, the beginner and the person who has a mature taste. Yes. In fact, that's a very good uh, a very good. Um, Observation. Um, there are, in fact, it all comes down to the aging of the Shiraz, 
Some are younger, some are older. Uh, not unlike the, the way the Italians produce wine, they do the same thing. You, know, you have some younger wines, some young, younger Sangiovese grape Tuscans that are, um, you know, that are a lot more have a lot more fruit to them uh, and are, aren't as um, aren't as complex. And then you have, um, you know, the same thing with Shirazes. You have Shirazes that are not as complex and a little newer, uh, depending on where they're grown. Of course, the valley that they're, they come from, the terroir, like anything. But uh, definitely with Shirazes, there is a, a different level. And you'll find, you know, oddly enough, someone said to me, wow, I was looking online to buy a Shiraz. And I thought, you know, I go into most of the stores, and I find them, you know, they kind of tend to be relatively un- inexpensive. And in true, uh, in truth, they are. Um, they run the spectrum. And then they went into another wine store and found um, a, you know, this 25 and 30 and 40 and $50 Shiraz and was struck by that. Like, what, what would be the difference between this Shiraz at 40 or 50 and this Shiraz at, uh, you know, $20 or, or $12. And it comes down to a lot of different things. The cachet of that producer, meaning the name, uh, not unlike the French. You know, there are certain French producers that are very well known. And uh, as well as, you know, the um, how long it's aged for. Same thing, you know, basically the same thing as you know. So I think the, the, the key thing here is not to assume anything, um, you know, any one varietal uh, is priced one way. Okay. In addition to that, uh, the cool thing about, you know, some of the, the Shirazes, I mean, like I love Molly Duker. That's another great winemaker. Uh, they make great Cabernets. And here, here I was saying earlier that I, I tend to like to go where the, um, the grape, the origin or the country. And a lot of times I'm espousing about how great Cabernets are, Napa Valley Cabernets and so forth. However, I have to tell you, and I'm sure, Kimberly, if you've been out there, you might be able to back me up on this one, maybe your taste as well, but Molly Duker makes a phenomenal Cabernet, and um, they're highly rated from a variety of different, um, a variety of different uh, rating um, sources. Uh, the thing about that is just they happen to have a really good uh, vineyard, and they make, they make the cabs, and they make... Um, you know, and they, they charge more than the average uh, winemaker within that area, but within Australia. But for argument's sake, they do make, um, in those particular varietals, better wine. Anyhow, let's move on here. Okay, this week's uh, white wine is a 2007 Hanna Sauvignon Blanc. This is from Napa. Notes on this are, it's crisp and light. It's got grapefruit and melon and lemon, um, you know, things that are quintessential and um, typical characteristics of, you know, a Sauvignon Blanc. But the good thing about it is it's got a nice, nice body to it. Hard to find with the Sauvignon Blancs. A lot of times they tend to be extremely light, extremely light. And, you know, you kind of lose something on the palate, the mid-palate. But this happens to be really, really well made and um, you know, it's a little little heavier, a little bit more full of body. Um, even though, it, again, it's a Sauvignon Blanc or Sauvignon Blanc. Let's put it that way. Uh, you should be able to find this somewhere around 
between 16 and 18 dollars it varies so uh, definitely go out there on that one All right, on to my question of the night from the top of the show. What is your favorite type of wine? Very, very simple, simple question. Uh, I wanted to keep it that way. A lot of times I've been asking pretty, you know, you got to go back into the recesses of your mind and think back, oh, what was I drinking, oh, 20 years ago, five years ago? You know, here's something simple. What is your favorite type of wine? Simple, Okay. So I'll take your calls now at 1-646-381-4860, or all of you out there that are shy on the phone, email me your answers to info at stewthewineguru.com, or dive, I don't mean just get into, dive into the chat room and tell me your story. Remember that when you email your answer, tell me where you're from as well. I need to know that, so this way I, you know, because a lot of times I have people that just the same thing is when you call in. You know, if you call in, I want to know, you know, I'm going to ask you where you're calling from and what, and what your, you know, what your first name is or what your name is. So I want to know when you email me the same thing so I can tell people, hey, they're emailing me from Portugal or they're emailing me from um, Brazil or wherever. Okay, so I can see some email answers. Wow, everybody's <laughs> all at once. They're jumping in on this one. All right. Um, let's see. The first one is from Cobra One of Kinnebunkport, Maine. Man, I feel bad for you. It's got to be really cold up there. All right, it says, Stu, great show. Loved your show with May Pang. My favorite type of wine is a nice red blend. I'll continue to listen every week. Well, thanks, Cobra One, for your email and your compliments. And, um... Yeah, red blends. I like them. We talked about them last week. Um, let's see. Uh, Kim in the chat room says that, and I won't, I'm not laughing, um, but you love a good California Chardonnay. Nothing wrong with that. Those are awesome. Uh, a little Prosecco, a little Shiraz, a little Zin. Um, well, you, you, know, you run the spectrum there. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a new guy in there, Gary. Gary, welcome to the uh, to the show. Let's see, Gary's chiming in with Prosecco anytime. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Okay, so let's see. Um, the next one is from Sono Ichi from Tokyo, Japan. See what I'm talking about? See when people email me, they get it. They learn. You gotta tell me where you're from, and tell me what your uh, you know what you need to say. All right, so it says, Stu, I love your show. I watch you on your video on the computer. Okay. My favorite wine is a Chardonnay. See? Japan likes Chardonnay as well there, Kim. Uh, thanks. Thank you, Stu. All right, well, thank you for your email, Sono, and rock it with the whites. All right, good deal. Last one is from my time from Manhattan, New York. Hey, all right, Manhattan checking in. And it says, Stu, you the man. I put the speakers up on my computer and sip wine with my friends while we listen into the show. 
Okay, now I'm getting a, a visual here. So now everybody's in a crammed in a apartment, uh, an apartment in Manhattan. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm just trying to picture this in my mind because I remember the apartments I was in Manhattan, and they were tiny. All right, so we're all in the apartment. We're sitting down. We got the we're hanging out on the couch. We're turning up the computer. The got the monitor going with the speakers, and everybody's sipping a nice wine. I'm loving that. How awesome is that? That is really cool. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, it says um, my favorite. My favorite is a good Burgundy. I'll be listening next week for more Stu the Wine Guru. Well, hey, thanks my time and thanks for New York City for checking in. I hope everybody's warming up a little bit out there because I know it's pretty chilly. Um, and oddly enough, and I say this, and of course everybody in the chat room who's calling in from up north or chatting, you know, chatting in the chat room up from up north. Is going to laugh at me, but yeah, it was 55 degrees when it's normally 75 degrees. So that 20 20 degree difference was definitely chilly enough, very chilly enough for everybody here to uh, start putting the heat on. All right, start the laughter now. You're putting the heat on because it was pretty cold. All right. Uh, finally, my thoughts on the subject. Well, you know what? My favorite type of wine changes often as I experience new ones. So right now, I'm into the Brunellos. And the Barolos, there's just something about the full body and the rich texture of Italian wines. I don't know what it is, but I, you know, I really enjoy them. I like, I like the blends, you know, the Italian blends, um, because the grapes, I don't know, you know, some of them, they, you know, they have in, you know, from vines that are ancient, you know, hundreds of years old. The, the vineyards are hundreds of years old or thousands of years old, depending on where you, who you're talking about. It's just, it's amazing. And the wine that gets produced out of it, um, you know, and they're in the, some of them are in oak barrels for, you know, 10, 15 years, you know, and you pour it out, it's just unbelievable. You smell it. Here's the thing about a great wine. I think I want to put this into the, into the chat room. I'm going to throw this thing out, out to you, and I want everyone in the chat room to give me your opinion on this. There's something about when you open a bottle of wine, that all you have to do is just smell it before you even taste it. And one of two things happens. Either you know you're going to have a great experience or you know you're going to have a really bad experience simply on the aroma, simply on this. You don't even have to taste it to know. I don't know. I've gotten to that point, and I don't know what it is. Maybe years of just, you know, sipping wine tastings, uh, vineyards, festivals, uh, you know, hosting wine tastings, going to wine tastings, that you open a bottle, and even if you have great expectations of it, let's just say it's a, I'll give you an example, one that I really, really like, and no matter when I open it, even the first time I ever tried it, uh, I knew before I even drank it, it was going to be awesome. It's, uh, Antinori makes one called Guadal Altasso. Um, they actually make two. There's a Guadalajara, which is um, about ninety or hundred dollars. Uh, it's about a two thousand, so it's right now ten years old. And then they make one called um, Il Bruciato, which basically um, translates to the burnt one. But it's the, what we call the baby Guadalajara because it's about thirty five dollars and it's about a uh, two thousand six. I think that's the 
youngest one I've seen. The first time I ever tried that Guadalatasso Il Buchato, I opened up the bottle. I was with a few friends working in the trade. And before we even poured the wine, I smelled it first. And I, I turned to the person next to me. I said, you got to smell this. You got to, before you even taste this, you got to smell it. And all of us had the same reaction. This is going to be phenomenal wine. This is going to be really, really good. And I have to tell you, it exceeded everybody's expectations. All of us were like, all right, this is going to be good wine. We're going to really enjoy it. And then we poured it in and we, of course, sniffed, sniffed it again, took a sip, the first sip, and the first sip was phenomenal. It was just better than what I thought. And that's the beauty. I think when you get, get to that point where your nasal passages and uh, your palate has gotten uh, keenly adept at doing those things, it's, it's really a, it's, it's a fun thing because, you know, you can smell that wine and go, mm, you know what, this is going to be fantastic. Or conversely, go, ooh, wow. This is not going to be a good experience. And, you know, I, I have to say, over the course of time, I've rarely had that experience where I smelt it. It didn't smell like it was going to be really good at all, and it surprised me. Um, and then, I, you know, I drank it, and I was like, wow, okay, I was completely wrong. <laughs> There's been times, I have to say, where um, both extremes smelled it really bad, tasted it, worse. Smelled it really fantastic, tasted it even better than my expectations. So it's kind of, you know, that's the thing about about wine. The beautiful experience of wine is that you use all of your senses. Um, if you watch the first Wine 101 video that I did, I kind of explained the whole idea of tasting wine in that when you are um, experiencing the wine for the first time, if you're sipping it, a lot of people rush. It's like pour, sniff, drink. Okay? Or pour, drink. Not even sniff, nothing. Let's I'm not waiting. I'm not doing any I'm drinking the wine. It's now, you know? And I think you miss out on a lot of different things. Um certainly, you know, the nose gives a little bit of an indicator, gives you a preview of what the mouth is going to experience. You know, the brain's pretty good that way kind of says to you, okay, see what you're smelling here? Because you have far more receptors. The nose is better at, at perceiving scent than the tongue is at perceiving taste. So the fact is, is that when you go and you sniff that wine, you take in that first you know, breath, inhale, um, you know, it tells you a lot. And uh, the idea of experiencing the wine that way, and then, of course, you know, getting it around your mouth, kind of doing that reverse gargle I, I call the closed mouth gargle, you know, and the reverse whistle when you, you know, you bring it in to get it all over your mouth. Uh, there's something about that experience, very tangible. Looking at it in the light prior to that, let's just go with the fact that when it's poured into the glass, you're looking at it in the light, you're getting the color, you know, the clarity, all of the, all those things. It's a, it's a, a full sensory experience. And it's really important, I think, that people do that more than not when they're drinking wine. Real, real important. Um, in addition to that, let's see. I got a couple of, let's see what we got in emails here. A few more emails have come in in that time frame. Let's see if anything's here. And just checking. 
Well, everybody's, in fact, uh, everybody's having a good time there in the uh, chat room. Uh, Gary, Gary, you favorited me. Thank you on Blog Talk Radio. Cool. Just got the email that you did that. Pretty awesome. I'm enjoying that fact. I love when that happens because it's kind of nice. Keep it. You know, I, I get to I get to he, get emails from people, you know, from all over uh, the world, and it's a it's a it's an interesting um, thing to go through them, um, who are listening. But the same token, uh, you know, I don't know. I know how that I have many listeners listening all over the world, but it's kind of a cool thing uh, to be able to find out, like here, Gary and and Kimberly. Um, you know, their opinions on things and be able to get into the chat room with them and talk with them. Thanks, Jack. I'm appreciating that you're loving the show. So, in, let's see what else is going on here. Um, what, were we, what were we talking about here? And, and just to go back to a few other things here, this, the main thrust here and, and the idea of what I'm trying to accomplish with the show is a couple things. One, um, I love I have a passion for, and have had a passion, and a growing passion for wine for many, many years. Enough to get me involved in working in the, the wine trade, uh, you know, traveling the world, lucky enough to travel the world to be able to go to different vineyards, uh, you know, with my wife and experience wine everywhere, um, and get that experience in a variety of different ways to be able to actually go with the vineyard, um, you know, the, the owner of the vineyard, or the president of the wine um, company, that and, and experience picking the grapes and going through the whole process. It's something that I, you know, it's hard to explain if you've never done it before, but if you had the chance to go through a vineyard, and I always say, the first time I ever went to a vineyard, I had no idea how much I loved the smell of wine, the, the, the grapes on the vine, because it has almost that raisiny scent to it. And until you go and actually smell it, you have no idea how much you enjoy that scent. It's like this. Um, any of you that's lived in a, in a city before and have been in a, you know, lived in an apartment, I'll take it that way. You're in an apartment. Let's say it's you know, you know, a big complex, a small complex. It doesn't make a difference. But if you remember, even in your earliest memories, that you would walk into the uh, – you take an elevator, okay? And you get off an elevator and you get – start to walk down the, the, uh, you know, the hallway to go to your apartment. And if there's a couple of apartments before that and people are cooking, you smell what people are cooking. You smell if it's garlic. You smell if it's uh, onion. You smell uh, if it's peppers. You smell, and those things are – they cue your, your nasal passages and, and you, you know, you, you have fond memories of smelling those smells and you make the associations with good things from living in those apartments. Okay. Same thing when you go to a vineyard for the first time and you have that, you smell that raisiny smell of the grapes, as Kim's alluding to on, uh, in the chat room. It's an amazing thing. And from there, you're hooked. It's like, okay, you know what? I want, I want to smell that again. Same thing is when you're in the apartment, you're walking down the hallway, and you're smelling the, the smells of people cooking. You know, you salivate. You want to, you know, you want to <laughs> drink some wine when you smell the raisins and the, uh, uh, you know, the grapes on the, on the vine. 
you want to eat some whatever it is, Italian food or whatever they're making, whatever they're cooking you want. So it's an amazing thing uh, to be able to, to do those things. And really what I'm getting at is, is that um, what I'm trying to relate to the listeners is the experience, is, the, is talk about those experiences, is talk about how much you enjoy the enthusiasm you have and enjoy and, and share the passion that you have for wine as well. And that's what it's all about. That's what this show is really mainly about. That's why I'm trying to get people on that have a common connection, like Peter Hongel, which will, uh, excuse me, Ian Hongel, will, who will be on next week for Peter Lehman Wines. You know, you, you're, you, know you have a, a passion, interest in drinking Australian wines. You want to know about it. Here's the person you talk to. And, you know, hey, it was kind of nice. To, I'm going to have some more celebrities on, so that will be something that everybody listening in should be interested in. I'm going to have uh, some, and I can't go into right now and give you the list, but there's going to be some celebrities that are going to be coming on in the, in the very near future, and that's going, to be, uh, that's going to be a lot of fun for me and for everybody listening as well. Um, but I like having the winemakers on. Love having the winemakers on because, you know, there's, they're rich in history, um, and, you know, you get to find out how the end product of what you drink is made, how it starts from where it starts, and how it gets to be what it is. Uh, and at least for me, and I'm hearing from my listeners and the people that are emailing me and getting into the chat room, that that's the way they feel as well. So it's a common community, and that's what I'm trying to build here. It's just a common community of people who are enthusiastic and passionate about wine. And they have a place to come to listen to everything about it. The news, thus I have the Heard It Through the Grapevine industry update, what's going on in the world. Um, the picks that I pick, I'm hoping, and uh, at least I'm getting the good feedback that people are going out and trying those wines. If they haven't tried them before, they're trying them. And I'm getting the feedback of, hey, that was great, a great choice. I'm enjoying that wine now, or I'm going to this weekend. Um, so I, I really want you to keep the emails coming through, uh, in, in not, not only live when the show is on, but how, how you've been doing it by sending it to me you know, in between each show. And keep listening because there's going to be a lot more that you're going to hear from people from every walk of the wine industry, uh, every walk of uh, celebrity, and it's going to be entertaining. That's the one thing I promise you. It's definitely going to be entertaining um, for everybody concerned. And, you know, everyone out there that's emailing, you know, if you can, make a phone call. Call me up, you know. I'd like to hear from you. I mean, I enjoy hearing from people through email, and I enjoy hearing from them in the chat room and talking with them. But I also like to talk to people, and, you know, it's nice when they, they call in. And, and I get that here and there on the show. Um, you know, it, it becomes like a spurt where I get a lot of people calling in, and then, and then there's a little people calling in, and then there's a lot. So it, it goes kind of that way, uh, hills and valleys. Well... I think that's going to be it for tonight. Um, of course, I want to thank everybody that emailed and told me about uh, their answers to my question of the night. What is their favorite type of wine? I want to thank, of course, Gary, our newest member of the show who's called in, or who's actually uh, in the chat room along with Kimberly for coming back and favoriting me on uh, Blog Talk Radio. That's excellent. Makes me very happy. And as I always say, uh, you can 
email me your questions at info at com. You can go to my website and check out uh, all the things that I'm doing at www.stewthewineguru.com, all the articles and everything else. And as I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up, good night, and good wine.